It was Christmas Eve. In his London apartment, Dylan the Rock Scrooge slipped into a silent, dreamless sleep. Little did he know he would soon meet the ghost of Christmas poetry past when the bell tolled one. <sighs> I hate poetry. And I love poetry! Dad, you're finally back? No, it's me, Charlie, the ghost of Christmas poetry past. Ugh, what? Mate, it's Christmas Eve. We can't do an episode now. It's like one in the morning. And how the fuck did you get in my house? Oh yeah, I was going to mention that. Uh, also, could you at least put some clothes on? You are completely naked. That's super weird. What? It's not weird to sleep naked. It makes you feel like you're back in your mum's womb again. That is something I didn't want to hear. <laughs> It's finally Christmas, Charlie. It is. It's finally Christmas. Your favourite time of the year? It really is my favourite time of the year. I'm here, ready. Uh, I've got a hot cup of cocoa with me, ready to dive in some Christmassy poems and to get all Christmassy. And the crazy thing is, is today where I am, it snowed. So it's like snow outside. Wow. It's the perfect day to record. It's meant to be. It is yeah. literally meant to be. It, Whereas it here, the opposite, because I hate poetry... I didn't yeah. have snow. I had a power cut and it was cold. <laughs> so, did. yeah, oh. I kind of had the opposite. Wow. So I, I think, you know, you are going to be extra grumpy this episode and I'm yeah. going to be extra annoying and smug. <laughs> What's your favourite thing about Christmas or the festive holidays? I mean, I just, I love giving stuff to people. Like, I, I love sort I of... I prefer the... receiving. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go on. That was going to happen. That was going to yeah. happen. Um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoy, like, thinking about people's presence and, like, giving them stuff that is going to make them happy. And, like, just showing love. Like, I feel like it's such a great time of the year. We're doing Christmas poems today, aren't we, Charlie? We are indeed, yes. Part one of our Christmas special. Yes, so we are doing a part one and part two. You don't need to watch part one to enjoy part two and vice versa. Yep. They are individual episodes, but we hope to make each one kind of festive and fun, right? Yeah, I think so. So what's our first poem? So our first poem today is called Yuletide Blessings and it's by Lady Ravenhill. Oh, a lady. Yes, so um, I found this. When I was looking for Christmas poems and I really liked it, so I just thought I'd stick it in this episode. So, Yuletide Blessings by Lady Ravenhill. A new dawn breaks this white Yuletide morn. Light tickles scraps of paper and pine needles that still litter the floor. The window still a glitter with a fresh sprinkle of snow and gentle sun through frosted panes make the old mistletoe glow. Do you remember... When we lay beneath the old holly tree, and all the sweet nothings you whispered to me. Now the old holly's pointed leaves, adorned with ribbons are red, to honour our ancestors both alive, lost, and dead. This yuletide morn sees us through, the longest of winter nights, and brings blessings of life anew, with each day's growing light, for with the spring's blooming tulips, and the new wobbly fawns, the next solstice will see our own new life dawn. It's nice, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I really, I really like it. I think, right, obviously it's a Christmassy poem and it encompasses the new year, right? And new beginnings and that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. 
There's a few things I like to point out. First of all, I like the fact this poet has put Christmas as a time to honour ancestors both alive, lost and dead. Mm. I mean, we forget dead people on Christmas, don't we? Because it's just, we get distracted, it's joyous. So unless you've lost someone, you know, very close to you, like yeah. sometimes cousins or uncles and like that, those kind of deaths, do you know what I mean? They kind of just, they fade out for that day, right? Christmas is a really weird time because I think it, it's a really joyful time. But then also because of you have that high level of joy, mm. it makes it makes the people who aren't there like more obvious. Yeah. I actually think it's a like... Oh, you get the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I know like... <laughs> I want a sugar uh, rush, mate. <laughs> you want a sugar rush? Yeah, no, I I do think sometimes Christmas can be sad, um, but also it's a time of of remembering as well, and like sort of looking back at the year and going, "Wow, look what we've just come through!" And yeah. we're going on to new things. It's a time to sort of pause and take moment and and re- like remember those people that we have lost and sort of shit. I've been doing it wrong, Charlie. Yeah. Thank you. It's all right. It's okay. No, it's what fine. What about lost? So she mentions lost as well. Like, mm. what does that mean? Is it lost? I mean, lit- I think lost could mean so many things, right? Lost could yeah. mean, it could mean dead, although she does mention dead, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, But lost, it could be just like, again, like when people fall out, when families have big arguments and fall out, like, and they mm. don't talk to each other for a long time, that is also a loss, right? It's a different type of loss. Like they're still alive. Mm-hmm. Or or it could be like romantic loss. It could be uh, there's a a great song by a band called Hey Monday. Yeah, it's called Without You, but it's on their Christmas EP, and it's basically about like having Christmas without the like you split up with your your partner like before Christmas, and it's like about being without them. Mm-hmm. So I, I sort of think makes me think of like that, you know. Although it does say to honor our ancestors, both alive, lost, and dead. So ancestors, unless it's a weird relationship, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, I was like. I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> so alive, lost and dead, like lost, maybe, maybe lost could mean like forgotten. Yeah. You know, people, people who are past, you know, cause I can only remember certain up to a certain point in my family and then I can't, yeah. I don't know anymore because sure. I was never really told about them. Of course. So I, I know like my grand, my grandfather's father and then yeah. beyond him, I don't know a whole lot. So yeah, yeah, um, exactly. It could yeah. mean that lost. I, I've always had like a fear of doing ancestry things just mm. in case i'm like distantly related to hitler like i probably <laughs> won't be but it's just yeah. that my career is over if that gets out you know what i mean <laughs> yeah I think, I think so yeah it's not something you'd rather it not be known yeah and, ima- I, I and imagine totally finding out on christmas day <laughs> that, yeah that would be that wouldn't be a good present would it? Like, oh by the way you know your great cousin is mine fuhrer yeah exactly <laughs> Mine, you don't say mine fuhrer do you it's the fuhrer sorry mine fuhrer is saying my fuhrer sorry uh, still funny, still funny. <laughs> yeah, so I think actually that moment in the poem where it says to honour our ancestors both alive, lost and dead, afterwards it says this yuletide morn sees us through the longest of winter nights. So that's sort of talking about that loss. Mm. So it is, ta- it is like actively grappling with this thing of grief at Christmas time. Um, yeah. You know, I know people who lost people around Christmas and it, it does, it, it sort of changes it for you. And I'm sure you can still... Sometimes get that Christmassy feeling, but yeah, you know, it, it's really difficult. Absolutely. Um, I, do you know what's funny? The long, long winter nights. I hear that phrase a lot, but I prefer the phrase "long summer nights." To me, that's more daunting or that's more difficult because I can I can sleep in the cold perfectly yeah. fine because yeah, I'm yeah. cozy and it shuts me off. But oh yeah. There's nothing worse than trying to sleep in the in the warmth, being too hot 
I is agree. just horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't have it's a e- cover. It's easy to warm up, right? It's yeah. not easy to yeah. cool down. Yes. No, I, exactly. I totally agree. Yeah, no, I, and I can understand that. And I think, but for me, like when I think of long, when the longest of winter nights, like obviously that's talking about in a grief sort of way, yeah, in, a, in, a, of in a sad way. But yeah. for me, I love winter nights because it's, I love, mm. I love darkness. It's yeah. actually bad. I like, especially since I got married, like me and Emma really like, we love to just sort of hide away. <laughs> like, that's so cute. you know, it's, it's great. I, lo- I love to be snuggled up in your house and just like, and you know, enjoying life is good. I think people see such bad things in darkness, like, you know, mm. mystery or like some sort of bad danger. Yeah, yeah danger, bad vibes. That's my uh, professional oh, yeah. analysis. Uh, <laughs> um, you're going to go with danger. I'm going to go with that. But um, <laughs> it's yeah, I, I see like darkness also can you can see opportunity right for it as well. Yeah, like, definitely. There's yeah. so many other aspects of it. And apparently the earth was dark before it was light. Right. So. The the solstice, um, the metaphor of it, like basically yeah. turning a new leaf, new year, new me, yeah. sort of horseshit. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I do, I do get it though. Yeah. I mean, some of OCD, January first is the perfect time to start something, right? Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, like, that's the thing with the solstice is it's like you know you got the winter solstice and the summer solstice. Yeah. And so it's sort of looking to the future. So for people that don't know what that is, it's when the sun hits. Uh, for a certain like point or something it's like the the midpoints of the year okay yeah so summer and winter yeah so you have the winter solstice yeah which is the 21st of december which is the cold it's the longest night mm-hmm. so a solstice is the longest night or in the summer the summer solstice is the longest day you don't want to be sleeping on the couch on that day, do you, Charlie? No, no, definitely <laughs> not. So it's to, it's to do with the the orbit of the Earth and how. Yeah. How much sunlight we're getting, basically. But in 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 this poem's terms, it's sort of talking about six months. So in six months' time, the next solstice. So she's saying, we've just had the longest night. We've just had the solstice, yeah. winter solstice. But the next one is the positive one because it's the longest day. Um, right, okay. Yeah. But also, I think there's a hint in here of something else. So it's talking about grief and people we've lost in Christmas. Mm. But then when it's talking about summer at the end, it says... With the spring's blooming tulips and the new wobbly fawns, the next solstice will see our own new life dawn. I get heavy implication of something from that. I don't know if you get anything from that. She's starting anew. She's grabbed yeah. some fake passports. She's moving across the, the Mexican <laughs> border and starting a new life. Right? <laughs> Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, I think she's talking about having a baby. Oh, okay. Because it... I mean, it can take, how, is it nine months, the child? But it is nine months. Not yeah, six it's, months. But it, six it's months not, is a good progress, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just sort of saying, you know, like, by, by the time the next solstice comes around, our own new life will dawn. I mean, it right. could be about marriage as well. This is why I sort of like this poem, because me and Emma got engaged at Christmas, and then we got married in the spring. It made me think of that. Um, and then also... But then as well, like it, it could be about children. It could be about marriage. There's lots of, like you said, sort of new, new year, new me sort of thing. Exactly. Well, it is, it is sort of saying like, you know, the future is going to be better. There is good things ahead. And yeah, um, yeah I yeah. really like that. Like that sentiment. That was beautiful. Beautiful mm. poem. It was cheerful. It was nice. There was no yeah. hidden innuendos for once. <laughs> no. Well, I wanted to choose some sort of wholesome poems that were sort of Christmassy, you know. Yeah. Re- yeah. So... This next one is one 
everyone listening will probably have heard this. Um, it's it's a great one, and it's it's here purely to get us into the Christmas feeling. So uh, this is by Clement Clark Moore, and it's called A Visit from St. Nicholas. Who is Clement Clark Moore? The only reason I ask who this guy is mm, yeah. is because people are known for, like, you know, Christmas yeah. number ones. I was wondering if he was one of those and not relevant throughout the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Clement Clarkmore, he was uh, alive between 1779 yeah. and 1863. So he lived quite a long life for his time. Yeah. Uh, he was an American writer. Um, he was an expert and professor of Oriental and Greek literature, as well as divinity and biblical learning. So he was a, he was a preacher. He was mm-hmm. part of the Protestant uh, church. In New York City, okay, um, and yeah, so he, he he also is credited and most widely known as the author of, you know, a visit from St Nicholas, which is you know we we would know it as a night before Christmas, right? So that that so, he was he had a Christmas number one, and then yeah, yeah, basically, basically yeah. he had a, he had a Christmas number one, yeah, yeah. And so um, yeah. well, I mean, what better person to write it than an actual Christian for a Christian holiday? So. Yeah, but it's it's crazy actually. I, I'm I'm always surprised by how old this this you know this poem is because when you think of it, you think of the more recent versions where you see like yeah. you know kids jumping out of bed and yeah. all that stuff. And and yeah. this is actually set mm-hmm. you know in the in the 1800s potentially. So of course. yeah, wow, awesome. A visit from St Nicholas by Clement Clark Moore. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a lustre of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner, on Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the courses they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pouring of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry, His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, 
and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. It's a Christmassy film in a poem, isn't it, really? It really is. You can see it so clearly. Yeah, I mean, I find it quite interesting is that he's not really Santa Claus, or maybe he's not yet, like he's not evolved mm. yet like a Pokemon. I yeah. don't know if it's something like Gandalf the Grey into the white sort of shit, but <laughs> he's kind of like the origin story, right? Not dressed in red. He doesn't drink the milk or cookies that have been put out. I'm guessing cookies were a luxury. Maybe in 1700s they couldn't have even milk right is expensive but then yeah i do you know i mean i feel like it's an origin story and i feel like the person who's writing it that has this perspective of obviously meeting saint nicholas he sounds terrifying yeah do you mean oh he does he really does because you're like who is this guy but he's and and if you think like back then there was no police force there was no like there's lots of differences like yeah some random person coming into your house that's terrifying. <laughs> I know. Through the chimney, if anything. You think, well, I've locked the doors. There's yeah. no way no one can get in. Exactly. And he's like, well, <laughs> down the chimney. Fuck's sake, why are we middle class? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. D- chimney, as well, chimneys, like, we don't really have chimneys anymore. Like, No. Uh, I remember I, for a, a short season of my life, was a, a, a performer in a magic elf show that was, um, like, before a Santa's Grotto. Yeah. And I also got to be Santa at one point, which was really great. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, so that was really great fun. Yeah. And w- when they asked me to be Santa, I was like, how do we, how do I talk to these kids? Because like, do, do they still like, no, like I knew how to talk to kids, but like in terms of like. Follow you know, Santa's TikTok. <laughs> no, yeah. But <laughs> follow Santa's TikTok. In terms of like chimneys and stuff, like yeah. most of these kids like lived in flats or they just live in houses that don't have chimneys because no one has a chimney anymore. Yeah. And I was exactly. like, what's what's the mythology now? Like, yeah. is it like, and some people were like, oh, it's a magic key. Or some people were like, oh, he just appears in your house. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I know. I was like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know how to, to do it. I don't know. I, so I, I just stayed away from it. I was just like. Uh, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous, like inputting these like to an extent, because there are gullible kids like I was who will believe things into their <laughs> their teens, <laughs> yeah. and I just feel like magic key, like you know, like if you're locked out, if you still believe in Santa Claus and you're locked out your flat, yeah. and he tells your letting agent, "Oh, can you get the magic key, like Santa Claus?" They'd be like, "What are you on, <laughs> mate?" Just because. But to oh, be yeah. fair, I was very lucky. I um I figured out that Santa Claus was a fraud pretty early on in okay. my childhood. Because um, in my in my household, um, we had to start leaving soya milk instead of regular milk because it ah. turns out that Santa Claus was lactose intolerant. So <laughs> the sneaky sneaky me asked the one, "Are you are you leaving out soya milk? Because he is lactose intolerant, right?" And they're like, "No, he's been drinking my regular milk and eating my regular cookies." So yeah, man. Uh, mm. 
Okay. That's how I found out, you know. You figured it out. You're like, hmm, something doesn't add up here. Exactly. Dete- Detective Dylan. But I like, case. that to me was the exciting part of Santa Claus, is trying to catch the fucker out, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, did you not get yeah. that as a kid? No, no definitely. I, I always wanted to like, uh, you know, wake up and see Santa Claus. That was, yeah. I, I was so excited. And there was one year, I think I probably had a dream or something, but I remember just like, sick, like being convinced that I'd seen like, a shadow in my room or something. Mm. It was probably my mum and dad like bringing Shuffling. in like, yeah, like, <laughs> like putting presents down or something. Yeah. But like, to me, I was like, that was Santa. I, I spent Christmas in, in, in France. Like every Christmas I'd spend it in France with my family. So we didn't have Christmas stockings in France. Okay. Um, so I didn't actually know what, like I thought there were like women's stockings, which I, I thought they were always a bit <laughs> naughty. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before I knew that there were actual like sock things at the Christmas yeah, yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I used to get very confused when people said they used to like hang up their stockings on their chimneys. I was like, you're seven. Mm. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really strange. It's like, mum, why are your tights hung up? In the, <laughs> the one thing I, I when reading this, I was like, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. Well, like now that we know that he lived like, 200-ish years ago. That makes so much sense. I was like, why yeah. Why are we talking about sugar plums? Yeah. Like, what has that got anything to do with Christmas? But it's like, back then, that would have been their sweets. Like, right. they would have had sugared fruit, right? You know, like candied candied orange or whatever. And and so that's why they've got sugar plums dancing in their heads, because that's what they're going to eat the next day with yeah. their Christmas dinner. And I was like, I never thought of that. I was like, sugar plums? What even are sugar plums? Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I had no idea. So, I like that. That's nice and th- sweet. It makes sense, though, now, you know. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the fact that he's dressed in all fur is practical, man. Mm. Of course. Oh, yeah. Why would you put red red clothes on when you're when you're going up and down chimneys? Yeah, exactly. He can easily brush the soot off the fur. Exactly. And it's warm. It's going to be freezing yeah. outside. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, You know, you're right. I feel there's so much future-proof uh, elements in this poem, you know. Mm. The reindeers yeah. being named. The whole sort of magical aspect of it. Yeah, like, why are the reindeer named? Like, why Why is that? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess it's to to show how many there are. Yeah. But, like, but now that is such a, like, I mean, I remember seeing, like, the Santa Claus films, one, two, yeah. and three, you know, with Tim Allen. Yeah. And, like, the names of all the reindeer are the same from this poem, and it's, like, it's used so much in an artistic, with artistic license yeah. these days. Yeah. In, yeah. in such crazy ways. And then, obviously, like, they introduced Rudolph later on and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah, yeah you're, you're right. It, it's really a massively future-proofed. Which is amazing for its time, really. See, yeah, I've, I, I, I like the story of Christmas. The mm. adult version of me likes to parody it, you know, okay. in a way, and, and yeah. destroy that childhood innocence because that is where my mind is at now. But <laughs> I also like, sometimes I just like to watch something that's meant for kids and that's sweet and innocent. Yeah, And I can turn totally. my comedy brain off and not... You know what I mean? Think of the worst situation that could happen, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. I've got a little poem I want to share okay. from my loved one. And I just thought it was nice because she wrote it for me. Um, oh, wow. Yes, I know. Since I've been doing this podcast, you know, she's always been into poetry and that kind of stuff just because she's an intellectual human being. But, yeah. um, you know, I, yeah, it was a nice, it just was a nice poem to me. So I want to read it and then I'll do my own poem. And I'll ruin okay. everything again. So Aww, enjoy this, this last, enjoy this short period of sweetness. <laughs> so this is called A Christmas Miracle by Lex. The clock strikes 12 with a familiar tone. 
I walk to the window of my humble home, the air heavy with frost, the land white with snow, a solitary couple exchanging gifts below. Though you are not there, a squeal of joy was heard by all. In sadness I turn, a tear does fall. The gifts, the fern, the food and the wine means nothing when you cannot be mine. As you're not there, I sit alone by the fire. Let the clock tick past the hour. I think of all the joy we went through and I know a certain fairy friend misses you too. Because you are not there, suddenly a knock at the door in such a way I heard before. I fly through the air to fling it open. Your beautiful face and three special words are spoken. You have always been there. I love it. I love it. Oh, Dylan, that's amazing. Sweet, isn't it? That's really nice. I like that a lot. And, you know, I, I totally understand that as well, of like being away from someone that you love at Christmas. Yeah, like, worst feeling. Yeah, it is. So, oh, that's really, that's super special, Dylan. Thanks, awesome. man. I really tell, appreciate that. Tell tell Lex well done. Thank you. I will. The Dreaded Gifts and Then You. That's by me, Dylan J. Kershaw. This is my poem. This is my Christmas poem, Charlie. Okay. It's rectangle, but it feels soft. It must be another t-shirt. Fuck. It's a perfectly square box. Oh, please. Not Link's Africa, you smuck. It's a triangle. What could it be? I feel like this could be different. I feel such luck. Triangular socks. Why didn't I guess? My frown raises me above the ruck. Now, this one has your perfume. I don't care what it is. From you, it can't suck. I open the present and I am so struck. Oh, see, you said you were going to ruin this. But <laughs> this is lovely still because you, through all of your cynicism and like dreadedness about Christmas, there's actually yeah. like a lovely message at the end and there's a soft heart inside of you. Thank you. And this, this is good. This is it lovely. It doesn't get shown often. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not Christmas Scrooge after all. I love it. I love that first, um, the first stanza. The, oh, please not links Africa. That's so brilliant. <laughs> like just, yeah. you know, it, we, we all have that thing of, you know, uh, it's normally like an, a relative that's sort of di a distant a relative than maybe yeah. your immediate family and they've bought you like a wash set. Like who, I don't know why, yeah. but like shampoo yeah. and or whatever, all that sort of stuff. It's a boring present. Let's put it that way. I, I'm calling out people who give us <laughs> wash kits. Yeah, wash sets or whatever. It's it's boring and it's something I can get myself. It's not special. Um, I'm not going to think of you when I'm in the shower. So <laughs> there's, no, oh, there's no use for it. And for those that don't know, Lynx Africa is a very popular deodorant brand in the UK. Yeah, it's called Axe in America. Oh, is it? Okay, mm -hmm. nice. And it's just over, it's overbought for people, you know? I don't want to smell like a teenager on Christmas. I'm sorry. It smells really strong. Yeah. You can, you can smell it from a mile away. <laughs> Triangular socks also is like... Yes. Ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. Have you ever got triangular socks, Charlie? I, I don't know if I have. Are they like... what? Or is it just that the socks the were folded shape. in a triangle? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Sh yeah, shaped like it. Uh, and I, I, I like the one that now this, this one has your perfume... And I like the ambiguity at the end because it says, like, I open the present and I'm so struck. Mm -hmm. Like, it, like that, that tells me that even though it doesn't matter if it, it was going to suck, like, if it, it doesn't matter that it's, if it's going to suck, 
that it actually didn't suck and it was actually mm-hmm. a really good gift. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that because, again, it's just like lots of wholesome heartiness and, I don't know, also like maybe it's a whip or something. I don't know, something <laughs> kinky for the bedroom, you know. Maybe, literally. You're so yeah. struck. <laughs> yeah, a bit struck <laughs> opening it in front of our family. But I yeah. know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like the first year, I think it was the first birthday we had after we were married, Emma's, Emma's birthday after we got married, we were opening presents with her family and her sister said, just before like you open any of them, there's no lingerie or anything else. I was like, <laughs> I was like, nope, nope, don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Like there's obviously, yeah, there's a part of that that's always a bit awkward, but um, there's a part of that also where it's like, the other thing is, right, me, me and my partner have like in-jokes, a lot hmm. of in-jokes and stuff like yeah. that. So we might get each other presents that might seem really weird to other people, right? Because yeah. they don't understand the in-joke or they don't understand the reference. But what annoys me is we've previously had to exchange presents with in-jokes, but people have come to us. So we've not been able to have that personal one-on-one, you know, exchange. Yeah. We've got fucking kids crying around. Like there's a part <laughs> of me that goes, well, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to give it to you now because it's Christmas. And I don't, and I think the point yeah. of this poem reflects that because in the first stanzas, you can see that I don't care about anyone else's gifts. Like I couldn't yeah. give a shit. And it's like, <laughs> in my opinion, it's bad. And whatever that person gets me at the end, it could be whatever. I will always appreciate it because it's that person. Yeah. And totally. that to me is what Christmas is about. I get people have big families and they cut like it. Some people like that. And that's great. Mm. You know, some yeah, people yeah. are family orientated. I just... I, people annoy me after a certain amount of time, which is a weird <laughs> thing to say as a comedian. But I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> like it's um, I just like you know, I just like being with that person, and I don't mean to offend anyone by saying that. It's just that family can sometimes be family, right? And yeah. Christmas is a time for loving, like you say, giving gifts, but there's also a time for political opinions as well. And, yes, that's true. Know, that's true. And some people are wrong, and they can't deal with it. But also. You know, it doesn't matter. I feel like if you're staying at someone's house, so, you know, if someone's hosting your Christmas, shut the fuck up, you know, just, just like whatever they say, they're hosting you. Okay. Yeah. So if it's your place, you can say whatever you want. Go for it. I see what you're saying. So what you're you're saying is, is you want some respect from the people coming over. Yes. You don't want them to start like criticizing your turkey or Brussels sprouts, whatever. PSA, mate. Yeah. Gracious guests are wanted guests. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just right. one of those things, you know, food. I We never have an issue with food. We're both very good at cooking. But yeah, yeah. when it comes to, you know, talking about things or exchanging personal gifts to your partner, leave us alone, you know, like, you yeah. know, oh man, it does my head in. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you, I managed to end this poem, this nice poem on a negative, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but we all know that you you've got the, the spirit of Christmas is in you, Dylan. You love yes. you love Christmas really. Yes, it is deeply inside me. <laughs> wow. So what what what's your opinion overall of this poem? Um, I think it's great. I think it's um really funny. Um and I think it's really relatable. Uh yeah, and, and I think the the niceness at the end is real it just ties it all together really nicely. Um I think it's probably one of your best poems, to be honest. Uh, okay, I really let's, like it. let's not, let's go easy on that <laughs> statement. <laughs> I've had some bangers, okay? <laughs> you have, you have had some bangers. You've had some clangers. Yeah. Uh, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but absolutely. But yeah, this is this is a great one. I like Thank it. Thank you. And it and it feels relatable. And yeah, I good. do feel the transformation of me becoming a. Uh, you know, again, like you said, Christmas to look back, reflect on the year. I have seen a transformation of my writing and trying to become a poet, trying to mm. become one of you guys, right? Yeah. And I feel yeah, the yeah. title it does sound like a poem. The dreaded gifts and then you. Like, it sounds like a poem. I don't know. Yeah, it does. It really does. I don't think I'm anywhere near my 1,000 hours for poetry, but, uh, no. you know, <laughs> we'll get there. We will. I don't we know will. how many podcast episodes that is, but... Mm. <laughs> that was really lovely. I really enjoyed that. Thanks for listening to part one. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we've also got part two coming out soon if you're in that period of festive uh, 2021. But if not, and you're listening back, then it's already out. And that one consists of us opening our website and our poetry podcast to new submissions. And we're looking for Christmas poems, aren't we, Charlie? We are indeed, yes. I'm looking forward to seeing what Christmas means to other people. Yes. Uh, yeah. Obviously, from this episode, you know, it means a lot to us. So we're excited to see what, what people send in. Exactly. And I'll say one thing whilst you put your entries in. I think Christmas needs to be more sexual. I'll leave it at that. That's it. Okay. <laughs> you think stocking and baubles aren't already sexual enough? That's true. That's true. But it needs less kids and more adulty stuff. You know, we hey, need our own we do. Santa Claus. Uh, can I, can I, I had this great joke the other day. Oh, here we go. Um, why is San- why is Santa Claus's sack so big? Because he only comes once a year. Oh darn it! You Do got you not it. think I would know this? <laughs> I know it's been all over Reddit. I just I saw it and I thought it's a classic joke. It and is. It's, it's classic. I when people tell me jokes and I know them, I don't know why they're disappointed. I, it's like saying a statement in any other industry. It's like saying saying, "Oh, did you know this about the pharmaceutical industry?" And someone being in that working in that industry and going, "Of course I know that." Well. Have you got a Christmas cracker joke or was that it? Uh, I'll find one. Let's have a little Christmas cracker joke to end this episode with. That sounds good. And we're doing one on the other one. Um, I mean, this one could be taken two ways. Okay. What happens to elves when they're naughty? <laughs> something they get cracked out the whip or something. I don't know. <laughs> Sam- <laughs> Santa gives them the sack. <laughs> take that. Take that in whichever vein you want. I love that. I love that. But there's also some... That could be a poem because there's a lot in that, like with, you know, poor Amazon workers and Jeff Bezos being Santa Claus and... I don't know. Good I could laws. make a whole story. Sorry, that got you dark could. pretty quickly. No, yeah, suddenly. Suddenly that got very dark. 